Welcome to Off The Bench with Jason Matthews. We take the best bits from this week's sports day and give them a run. Yeah, we certainly do. Welcome to it. Today on the show, we are joined by Michelle Bishop, who's uh, in NZ for the All-Stars game. We caught up with her about Luttrell and Whiten, the big wrestling match, WWNRL, we call it. Um, the All-Stars camp, she's in that as well. Senior sports writer at the Australian, Brent Reed on the RLPA versus the CBA. <laughs> What's going on there? Chris Nelson's got the tips and previews for Racing Queensland, but we start off with the NRL great Scotty Prince, who played a part in the first ever All-Stars game in 2010. I think that was at Seabus, and I was there. Uh, he helped us preview the Maori versus Indigenous All-Stars game. Don, it's gone away on the Thurston, behind one, gone away. Prince puts a kick in, Sailor will score! Wendell Sailor scores in his farewell appearance. Now he's got the didgeridoo going. <laughs> What a great game. That's the original Indigenous or All-Stars game. Well, this guy's one of the OGs himself. He is. And he's joining us now, uh, Scotty Prince. Welcome to Sports Day. Good afternoon, boys. How are we? Oh, we're excited. You we'll put s- the grubber in for that kick too, Princey, for Wendell. Yeah I, was very, yeah, I was very lucky that it, uh, the bounce, it was a room service bounce for him. And yeah. I think Fuller did well. He was he was almost full tilt bending over. I was waiting for a hammer to go, but he was able to <laughs> pick it up cleanly and score in the corner. And the tri-celebration, Princey, they picked up the corner post mm. and played the didgeridoo. Was that all discussed throughout the week as tri-celebrations? Yeah, I think it was. I know I wasn't a part of it because I sort of ran back the halfway looking for, for, for the water bottle, but I turned back <laughs> around and I look back in the corner and, yeah, Big Dell just on the ditch and everyone was shaking a leg around him. It was funny, actually. It was pretty good. Prince, it must have been an honour to be a part of that first game. Yeah, mate, it was. Um, you know, just sort of casting the mind back. Um, I just remember Preston talking about it, uh, just talking about how, how what an amazing experience and um, I guess a pinnacle of rugby league in terms of representing our mob uh, in regards to the Indigenous All-Stars up against the best of the NRL and um, it was just a dream of Prestos and all of a sudden, you know, going through the right channels, um, you know, it become a reality and to be part of, I think, the first four of those was, yeah, certainly something special and um, yeah, definitely uh, count them as one of my um, moments, great moments of my career anyway, representing uh, the Indigenous All-Stars. Princey, during that week, are there a lot of players that come into camp that are proud Indigenous men? but don't know a lot about their culture. And then throughout the week, they learn so much more about their culture and the ancestors and where they're from. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a big part of it. Um, uh, it it's not only just the game itself. And, you know, that's just a special bonus at the end of the week. But it, it's all inclusive as far as, like, um, you know, the, there's a youth summit. We get, I think, 100 Indigenous kids from around Australia come over to do a youth summit leadership camp and so forth. But in, in particular, the players, you know, it's... it's opportunity to get together and uh, you know do, do cultural workshops and, and sort of looking back at the history and finding it a bit about you know the individual um, you know tribes and clans that you're from uh, and certainly starts that I guess starts that um, that journey for, for for each of us you know like we're all in different parts of our journey knowing you know finding out who we are where we come from and more about um, you know our history from that sense so it's, it's a really really good cultural learning experience and Footy's just the, the icing on the cake at the end of the week. Now, the war cry, and I apologise for not knowing the, the real name for the war cry because I know there's there's hundreds of, of war cries that come from different tribes, but the one that's performed 
on the night and that iconic image of GI standing in the middle when all the players drop down to the ground. Who decides is that, that the player that stands in the middle? What's the process around deciding who was that player and why is it the player that, that is GI was that first player? I'm not exactly sure uh, in regards to, you know, why GI was the, the chosen one. Um, I'm guessing it potentially would be the captain, but uh, I wasn't going to I wasn't going to argue with him. Anyway, <laughs> put it that way. But um, uh, as far as as far as the war cry, the war dance is concerned, like um, it, it's something that sort of you know back in the day it wasn't it was not a part of I guess um, you know like we don't normally do war cries as far as far as tribes and clans are concerned. It was more a gift giving and exchanging of gifts. So I think the war cry is more. A combination of, um, you know, representing and, and uh, sort of a spectacle for for the crowd more so. Um, so it, it's trying to encompass all all the clans and all the tribes. Uh, you know, as we know, there's quite a lot in our in our in our proud country. So it's really hard, and it's um, you have to incorporate all of those. So it's it's they're really difficult. But I uh, I just think, in, in as far as you know, collectively the choreography of it all is it's it's a really good shape showpiece for you know for the evening and uh, it certainly scares the Jeebus out of you, especially when GI stands out of that crowd mm-hmm. that's for sure. Yeah exactly now a lot of stars have pulled out because of the workload over the the World Cup it's been a busy 2022 and even though there, mm. there are a lot of stars that have pulled out you've still got your Selwyn Cobos, your Cody Walkers and your Latrell Mitchells and co. Is it also a really good showpiece to try and allow some of these young players we don't know a lot about but we end up knowing a lot more after this game? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think I think it's an opportunity and a platform for um, you know not only superstars of their game uh, to, to to be on that um, that platform, but certainly some of the the youngsters as you mentioned, Sats, and also uh, some some guys that have been you know given the opportunity from you know some other Indigenous games, you know whether it's the Koori Knockout, also the the, the Queensland Murray Carnival as well. So. I think you'll find, um, you know, there's potentially one or two that are involved uh, that played, you know, in the state league up here um, in Queensland, which are given given an opportunity. So I'm really looking forward to, to those guys how they, for one, you know, hold themselves up against some of the some of the superstars of the game, and you know, just for them to enjoy the week first and foremost, and go out there and, and do their best, you know, representing representing their mob and the All Stars. Princey, you got a new role this year. You're going to be the uh, the Brisbane Broncos NRLW head coach. Uh, given everything that's going on at the moment with the CBA and and the NRL and the Rugby League Players Association, have you had much yeah. time to chat to the girls? And how are they? How are they feeling? Well, currently at the moment, it's um, you know we're just in in idle. I guess you know it's like all the clubs as far as the NRLW is concerned. We're just sitting waiting for these negotiations to. Uh, to sort themselves out, and so we can do what we we love, and that's that's coaching and play some football. So, currently at the moment, um, you know, just talking with the girls, uh, you know, obviously player managers now, they're um, certainly um, in and around the, the women's space now. So, yeah, we're basically talking to them, and hopefully, you know, we can hold on to what we have at the club and, and add a little bit more, you know, to that roster and and make us bigger and better for for 2023. But Currently at the moment, it's just all an idle, you know, and just waiting for, for a contract to drop so we can, instead of just forking, we can actually put pen to paper and start to develop a squad and put this squad together so we can really focus on, you know, the year ahead and, and more so 
give the girls some security in and around their contracts where they're going to be, you know, for the next you know six, six to eight months because that's that's where it's at at the moment. Is it's sort of gone from a four week uh, four week comp where you know the girls can get away for for those you know six to ten weeks, including their their um their preseason, and, and now it's sort of like six to eight months, and they have to really seriously think about where they want to play, and you know some may have to move into state, and that's a big move for them. Are you confident it's going to work itself out? In plenty of time to to prepare, Princey. Um, I'd like to think so, mate. I, I think you know, from reading between the lines, it's it's not far off. Um, you know, there's it's almost like they take two steps forward and three steps back. You know, just reading in the paper. But I mean, as far as as far as I know, it it seems to be going ahead okay. So will 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 it give us enough time? Yeah, I think so, but. Yeah, as far as the NRLW seasons are concerned, but at the moment, you know, they'll play their domestic comps, both at Harvey Norman and New South Wales, and I think BMD kicks off in a couple of weeks here in Queensland. So the only thing is, it's just, a, you know, the overhanging headache, mainly for the players, you know, first and foremost, but certainly for the clubs, you know. I think once once the, the CBA negotiations are done, uh, they sign off on that, and then we can open up the gates as far as contract contracting these girls, it, it's going to be a it's going to be a bloodbath as far as like there'll be there'll be mm. phone calls galore trying to get the you know trying to get the squads together. Princey, now that you're a head coach, does this mean you've given up your uh, touch footy career and your junkets? I see you on every weekend. <laughs> oh, doesn't he love a junket? <laughs> oh, doesn't he what? Uh, I wouldn't say junket. Like, mate, like at the end of the day, it's something that I really enjoyed. Like I'm, I'm pretty blessed, and you know, as far as like I'm still able to run around the park at, at the ripe old age of 42, 43 in a couple of weeks. So, oh, stop it. Um, still, still hold my own. I enjoy it, though. Yeah, so, like, you know, some guys love playing golf. Uh, you know, some got, like, you know, other hobbies that they're really interested in. And, you know, touch footy for me is is, um, is a real real hobby and something that I love doing, but also keeps you fit as well. Um, and not to mention, it actually um, keeps me in, in, uh, in you know, in a... In a in a space where I can still keep an eye on a few uh, superstars of the game coming through. And I, mean, I, I remember Karen Aiken playing in the, in the Junior State Cup and she comes through and now she, you know, she's obviously a, a five-eight for the Jillaroos and also unearthed um, Tamika Upton through the touch football ranks as well. So it, it allows me to, to keep an eye on that, keep the ear to the ground as far as the, the next up and coming, both men and, and women's player. Answer that like a head coach, didn't he, say? Yeah, exactly. So political. <laughs> Princey, uh, we love you, mate. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll get to have a beer with you again at Magic Round. That's not going to be too far away, is it? What's that, May? Magic uh, Round? Yep. Yeah, so, mate, that'll come up real quick. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, no, well, that was part of the deal, me coming on today, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, looking forward to that. We can't afford to entertain <laughs> you, I've just, I've just te- <laughs> As we're talking to him, I've just oh, texted him the name of a gun girl, 22-year-old on the Gold Coast, Australian Oz tag player. There you go. Yeah. Princey, get onto that. Okay, recruiting for you, Princey. I'm when recruiting you f- for you. Yeah. When you f- Thank you very much. When you finally get a comp, make sure you give her a call. All right? <laughs> Scott Prince, we look forward. Hopefully, too. Fingers crossed. We look forward to the All-Stars in New Zealand this weekend, mate. Uh, we appreciate you reminiscing, and thanks for being on Sports Day. Thanks. Love your work. This is Off The Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL. This lady we're about to bring on now from 7 News and also SCN, you can hear her 
of a morning in the breakfast show with her sports updates, mm-hmm. claiming today that she had the exclusive footage of, or Seven had the exclu- exclusive footage tonight in the news of the White and Luttrell wrestle. Let's bring in Michelle Bishop in New Zealand. Hello, Michelle. Good evening, guys. How are we? Good. Thank you. for hello from Rotorua. Uh, yeah, well, thank you. Well, Actually, before we get on to what we're going to talk about with Jack White and Latrell Mitchell, as soon as you got off the plane at Rotorua, Michelle, did that sulphur smell hit you in the face? <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. I didn't know. I was thinking, wow. I had to look around thinking, what is that? But I, I was warned that it was pretty average. Yeah. And yeah, I can I can vouch for that. Absolutely. When it, when it does hit you, it's sort of like, ooh, wow. But it's a beautiful place, lovely scenery. Um, the locals are absolutely beautiful. And uh, the all-stars, well, they are stars here. Everyone's sort of embracing them. We had an absolutely wonderful uh, welcoming ceremony this morning that the Maoris put on for the Indigenous team. Um, and I'm sure you would have seen those uh, pictures across the TV tonight. Um, Channel 7 had some really good shots. Um, and as I say, uh, well, I, I did speak to Jack and Latrell today, and, and um, Latrell said he's he's never experienced uh, a more special moment than this morning. It was great. Yeah, nice. You uh, now I heard you sprouting on SEN today that you had exclusive footage of the incident uh, on Seven News tonight. Am I correct? Yeah, well, we had that um, on Sunday night. So Seven Sunday has night been the only uh, station that's been able to obtain the uh, the vision, and it's obviously been played. Uh, each night since then, um, right. and it was it was showing. If you haven't seen it, pretty dramatic uh, scenes of uh, several police officers on top of Latrell Mitchell, um, him screaming uh, about his shoulder, saying he was in some pain. We had some of the witnesses that were standing around saying, "Please, can't you see you're hurting him?" And these were randoms too. These um, we learned later on that they, they weren't actually with Latrell on the night. They were just people who were you know casually enjoying their, their night at that Canberra nightclub at Fictions. Um, so yeah, it was it was pretty dramatic for for them to sort of be screaming at police to say stop. Oh, you might be. I think you're a little bit confused, Michelle, because we thought you were claiming you had the the footage and the audio of the actual fight itself, the the wrestle. We've got it here. Here it is. <laughs> yeah, apparently it was handbags at ten paces. Yeah. So we trumped you for that audio. Yeah, so, cop yeah. that, lady. Mm. <laughs> Well, there you go. It's rare that I'm beaten on an exclusive, but I'll I'll cop that one. That that's sweet. But guys, you know, I'm I mean, I get I get pretty outraged. Talk about we throw this into the basket of oh, the typical NRL scandal. This is not scandalous. No. This is a couple of guys that were out enjoying uh, someone's birthday. They obviously had a little bit too much to drink, um, and you know, the claim it was a friend friendly wrestle. Um, obviously, it's it's before the court, so the finer details. When we spoke to when I spoke to Latrell. And um, uh, Jack today, they obviously couldn't go into the finer details because it is before the courts, but mm. they were extremely remorseful. They understand the position that they have uh, in the community, in the society. Even uh, Jack White uh, went one step further saying, you know, this was happened to me five years ago. And I sort of thought I learned a lesson. I let the club down back then, and it's certainly not the position he wants to find himself in right now going into the 2023 season. He is a leader at the club. He sees himself as a leader. And I guess um, it's, it's not kind of the, the thing that we see leaders do. Yeah, Sats and I last night were at loggerheads on this. He's like, ah, oh, it's nothing, blah, blah, blah. But Michelle, I want to ask you the question. When you've last gone out with your girlfriends, had a nice meal, a couple of drinks, when was the last time you wrestled someone on the ground outside the venue? This is not normal <laughs> and not accepted. Do you want I don't... me to be brutally honest? Mm, probably <laughs> last, last week. Last Saturday. No, look, yeah. guys, being serious, 
bring serious about this. I'm just way too classy to be wrestling out there in public. Um, might spill my wine. Uh, guys, I, I, I still believe that we, we, if we look at this situation for what it is, um, the time of the year, it's not like there was a, a rugby league match around the corner. They've been in pre-season for 15 weeks. He was turning 30. Um, he wanted to enjoy himself. Uh, he had his best mate down from, from uh, Sydney to, you know, celebrate. Um, perhaps you know, you know. After the event, we all think now maybe they should have just stayed at, at the party and, and gone home. Um, but boys will be boys, and I know that's not acceptable these days in the roles that they're in. But sometimes I just think we all have to st- stop and say, hey, you know, they're not machines. They mm-hmm. are going to make mistakes, and this is not one where they were, you know, belting a girl on the, on the corner or you know shoving a bloke. It was them, their own egos, I guess, with each other. Um, pushing each other, being boys as we know them, with a little bit too much to drink, and the police have come along and I guess the rest is history. Uh, if I think I heard Gordy Tallis say that this was, if this was, um, you know, Fred Bloggs and, you know, Joe Black, we wouldn't be hearing about this. But because it's Latrell Mitchell and Jack Whiten, it, it's all over and it's an NRL scandal. And I just think that sometimes we have to remember they're not machines. They I'm, are human beings. I'm glad no one was around or not too many were around in the days of Gordy. the mad cow oh. in Townsville after a Saturday night game. There was plenty of wrestles going on down the main street <laughs> after those games. Hey, now in relation to the, the All-Stars match uh, that you're over there for in, in Rotorua, Cody Walker not only playing, and this is a little bit unprecedented in the modern era, isn't it? Also the assistant coach to Ronald Griffiths. Have, have you seen any of the, the sessions? Have you talked to Cody about what his role is as the assistant coach as well? Can, can I tell you we haven't had time to talk to Cody because he's been in and about everywhere, um, playing that role perfectly, and he's absolutely thriving. He's loving every minute of it. Um, I think he's at a stage in his career where, you know, he wants to give as much as he can, um, you know, involve everybody. I mean, I even saw him today because they trained for the first time this afternoon, the boys, a bit of a light session, and they sort of crossed over with the Indigenous All-Stars, the women's side. And I even saw him liaising with Greg Inglis, who was involved in, in the coaching, on the coaching staff of, of the women's side, um, giving his little bit, his, his two cents worth there as well. So he's loving it. He's, I think he's also loving for not enjoying the fact that, uh, they're not the centre of attention. They've had this distraction with um, with Latrell and, and with Jack. But it was it was awesome to see them, the boys, come out. You've got to give it where it's due. They didn't want this to drag on. They're here for, I guess, the key messages. The fact that they are here playing in wearing that Indigenous jersey. They didn't want their drummers to overshadow the whole week. So the pair of them got together and decided to speak out today and say what they could. It was very limited, as you know, because it is before the courts. But, you know, they, they did do their best to give some sort of explanation. Um, Cody Walker was with them, so it was um, it was only a few of us in a room, and um, and, and Cody sort of stood stood beside them off camera, um, but but obviously just being there in support and and really showing that leadership role. He's he's been amazing. Um, he's always open for a chat, and as I say, absolutely thriving in, in that role. Uh, uh, you know, he'll he'll definitely be some sort of coach uh, after after he finishes playing. Now you said the North Islanders in New Zealand. Guys, can I just yeah? really briefly? So I just wanted to briefly mention um, Shaq Mitchell. I actually didn't recognise him today. Now I'm, I'm not I'm not totally sure what weight he got to. Um, you know, we saw those pictures of him playing with a wild ruse up on the Central Coast. Um, you know, a couple of years back, but I didn't recognise him today. He's he is unbelievable. I think he's lost another six kilos in this preseason. Wow. Um, you know, it, he's just it's just such a dramatic turnaround. I, I never imagined 
he, he sort of got onto the bus and I thought, who's that? I don't recognise him. And then I went, oh, gosh, it's Shaq. And he's really, for credit where it's due, he's really put in the hard yards. Um, and, you know, today again was, was one of the first boys out and the last boys to leave as well as Latrell. Um, great vibe in the camp. Great vibe in both camps. Um, I spoke with uh, some of the Maori boys this morning. Corey had a bit of nighter. They're a little bit concerned, I think, on the quiet about having such a young spine. But um, they just know that the, the forwards are going to have to lay the platform. James Fisher-Harris never says anything much at the best of times. And he lets his um, you know, actions speak on the field. Had a bit of a chat to him and, and he's really excited. He said he's really excited to be working with the younger spine to you know, teach on teach them what he can in this short period of time, and there's still you know plenty of belief that they can get this job done because they've got the edge over over the uh, Indigenous side. Mm. Um, I think they've played each other five times. Can you believe we're in the twelfth year of this? I yeah, remember. I know. Uh, it was it 2010? This was just a small idea from Jonathan Thurston and Preston Campbell, yep. and they said at the time we'd like this to grow, and it has, and it's something that's a showpiece that we all look forward to. We circle this in the February uh, as the start of it, well, the unofficial start of the NRL season. And this is what I love about this game, Michelle, is because it gives the opportunities, like Shaq Mitchell, who I've got to say, he's got something. If he can get really super fit, like Michelle has said, he looks like, these sort of games get to showcase some of these players we don't know a lot about. And mm. so the North, North Islanders in New Zealand, they've embraced the match, I'm thinking, and we've taken it back to New Zealand just to say thank you to the New Zealand public and the New Zealand Warriors as well. Crowd expectancy, is it looking like it's going to be a full a full Guys, crowud? Oh, absolutely. Can I say that? I, that's the other thing. There was a lot of debate at the, at the start of the week over whether or not Latrell and Jack deserve to be here. Um, you know, everybody had their opinion. But the fact of the matter is, I said this this morning on radio as well, that this is bigger than the individual. This is all about... Um, you know, the culture here, it's about the Indigenous culture, it's about the pathways, it's about being there as an example to, you know, for, for kids to look up to and, and you know, be inspired. Uh, I mean, I watched the girls today, the boys watch the girls and in turn the girls watch the boys. Um, it, that, that in itself, I, I haven't seen this before in rugby league. It's really, we're, we are seeing a change in the game where there's just a, a respect like we've never seen before. Um, this morning, uh, Corey Hadawira and Nida mentioned in particular the Maori culture and the spe- respect that they have for women. That was that was at the forefront uh, of every conversation that, that they had this morning um, after this welcoming ceremony. Uh, and it was recognising uh, something that the cameras didn't capture was yesterday when the, the uh, All-Stars arrived. The male team actually helped the female team get their bags off the bus. And, you know, they didn't do it for cameras. They didn't do it for attention. It was just a natural thing for them to do. And, gee, it was nice to watch because we, you know, rugby league and rugby league players forever to get flogged for the most minute things that you expect, you know, people would do. Um, they were just going about their business yesterday and it all unfolded really naturally and it was really good to sit and watch. Um, sometimes I feel very privileged in the position I'm in uh, with my job and I just wish people could see some of them are through my eyes um, a lot more often. Yeah, nice. Well said. Hey, before we let you go, Michelle, do we any idea who's going to lead the war cry for the Indigenous All-Stars? No. I, I mean, you would imagine that it, it would be Latrell, but given this situation, I'm a little bit unsure. Um, actually, Latrell was asked about captaincy today. Um, he was a little bit, um, I, I guess, coy, a bit shy, didn't sort of want to go there. Uh, naturally, he'd love to stick his hand up. It'd be a great honour for him, but I can only imagine the obvious person for the captaincy would, you know, maybe be uh, Cody Walker. Um, and then, you know, from there, maybe, 
I, I, look, I, I don't know. My guess is as good as yours. But um, whatever, whoever does it, it'll be a very special occasion. Um, seeing the Maori All Stars up against um, the Indigenous boys and the men and the women's. I mean, that's I was yeah. watching those girls train today, and they, they never. I never. I can never get used to watching how committed they are and and how much they put their bodies on the line it's 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 something else and gee we've got a, a bright future in this code to look forward to on both parts always well informed michelle thanks for your time and um while you're in new zealand there's a beer over there called spates drink yeah. spates lose your mates okay <laughs> right just be careful okay. of the spates <laughs> we expect to see you wrestling well, outside a pub a little yep. red wine before i go to bed i want you wrestling emma lawrence from channel nine <laughs> there you go there you go never yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I'm actually only here with Zach Bailey from Channel 9. Oh, you've got him. You'll take I've him got, easy. I've got him and his eyebrows yeah, covered. Yeah, That's yeah. Fine. I've got him easily. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I was Zach, I was I'd be trying scared. to stay humble. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Bishop from Channel 7 and also SCN. Hey, thanks for your time thanks, tonight, God. mate. See ya. Bye. See ya, Bish. This is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. I'll tell you now, the senior sports writer at the Australian, Brent Reid, joining us on the I, line. I used, he knows I used to love he's... Brent Reid's movie reviews when he was in his 20s. Oh. He did a lot of movie reviews <laughs> yeah. this time. What did you call him before? Millhouse from Mil- Simpson. Reedy, that oh, wasn't me. Wow. That was Sats, mate, doing that. That's just junk. Mate, mate I grew up in Ipswich. We didn't need did electricity. Too. Until the year 2000 or something. Come Pat on, Cummins please. would have liked you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what was the question you asked? Who was who married to? Emilio. Emilio Estevez. Was it Paul Abdul or? Who was he? Who was? No, he wasn't Charlie Sheen married to Paul Abdul. No, you're right. No, you're right. Emilio Estevez. Yeah. Because that's Charlie Sheen's brother, isn't it? Half brother. Yeah. Yeah, mm. he's half brother. Yeah, correct. Yeah. That's why they got different last names. Very yep. good. Yeah, I think it was Charlie. I think it was Emilio Estevez. Good shout. Anyway, Abdul, anyway thanks good. for coming on, Reedy. Yeah, that's all we wanted you for. Been too long. Hey, Reedy, what's this story that you've written this afternoon about uh, possible strike action? Through the trials. Yeah, through mm-hmm. the trials. What's happening there? Well, it's just more drama, isn't it? This whole CBA, um, the CBA shenanigans that are going on. But basically, there's an email gone out today to all the players from the Players Association association outlining potential industrial action they will take during the pre-season um, unless the women's conditions the NRLW uh, agreements haven't been reached uh, have not been reached by the end of the week so we're talking about covering up NRL logos not doing NRL media um, showing signs of solidarity during games whatever that means uh, and delaying kickoffs so you know this is a whole bright new shiny pre-season competition that Peter Volandis was a real driving force behind. Um, we're now talking about potentially disruptions for that because we haven't got an agreement place in place for the women's competition, let alone the men's competition. So, yeah, it's just schmozzle, guys. I mean, what, what have we got till the comp starts? Three weeks? Yep. It's just a mess. It is a mess. Now, with the All-Stars match this week, the men's and the women's, Rudy, if they don't come to some sort of agreement in principle by Friday night, Saturday morning... Is there a chance? Well, I think it's Thursday night. I think it's Thursday night. Sats that they're talking about. I think I, don't, you know, I think they said the end of the week in the email, but I think they're talking Thursday night. So well, it's Wednesday now. They've got twenty four hours basically. Will that affect? Will that affect possibly the All Stars match? Or is the All Stars match too important to to, to both cultures, oh, yeah. the Maldives and the and the Indigenous? Look, 
I think the games will go ahead. It's too late now to, to be scrapping games, and St Helens are flying halfway around the world to play a game. Mm. So I'm not sure we'll see games not going ahead. I think what we'll see is potentially... I, I don't think they would, um, excuse me, interrupt the All-Stars game, but I think in some of these other trials, you've got to remember a lot of... I think all these trial games are, on tele, are televised, or, or the vast majority are. I think you'll see some sign of support or um, protest um, in, in line with the RLPA and the Players' Union against the NRL. So that that's what we will see, I think. Uh, obviously, they've got 24 hours to get it done. They might get it done. Who knows? They're pretty close, from what I understand, to at least agreeing on some conditions for the women's competition. But, um, I, we, look, I'd be stunned if we see a strike because the quickest way the players can lose the public is to go on strike. Mm. And you, you don't win in that situation. The players would... The public will immediately turn on the players because, you know, these are guys who are in really good living um, and they're about to earn more than they ever have in the game's history and the public won't understand. So I can understand them doing things during games to perhaps showcase their, their concerns. But you start for um, cancelling games and striking games, that, that, look, that, that's a disaster. It's a disaster mm. for the games, a disaster for the players because, you know, the other thing is you cancel games, there's a TV deal in place. Mm. So if you cancel games and don't play them, those TV broadcasts got every right to take that money back from the NRL, which, which will in, in turn flow down to the players. Mm. Hey, Reedy, Sats mentioned it yesterday mm. and, and, and tonight too. Mm. Do, you think, do you think the NRL or the Australian Rugby League have underestimated the Rugby League Players Association? Oh, look, probably. I mean, they've probably misunderstood or maybe underestimated the, the um, solidarity amongst the players and the support they have for their players' union. And look, you know, there's in that email it talks about um, secret meetings with player agents. Now, you know, that's never a good look. If the NRL's been going behind players' backs, behind the union's back, and meeting with player agents to try and garner their support, which in turn, you know, you can only think from that, their thought was, we'll talk to the agents, they'll get in the players' ears and turn them against the union. Um, that's the wrong way to go about things. And all that's done by the sounds of it is, again, galvanised the playing group. So, yeah, look, I think they have underestimated. I think they've underestimated the players' union. But I just think we need to... We just, it's hard because you want, you want to, you, you want to be, appear strong, right? The players' union's got to appear strong. The playing group's got to appear strong. you just got to be really careful... To, about how you go about it because you don't want to lose the public. Mm. The minute you lose the public, the fight's over. They can say all they want against the NRL, but if they lose the public, Mm. they lose the fans, then it's a disaster. Yeah, you're exactly right. Speaking on behalf of a a true rugby league fan, you are, Reedy. Now, the NRLW, they still don't have a draw, do they? Well, they've got nothing. They've got no contracts. They don't have a salary cap. They don't have a bargaining agreement. They've got nothing. There's nothing being done because they haven't been able to reach an agreement. And that's why I think they've put this time, um, this 24-hour deadline on them because, you know, it's 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 insane that we're in, what are we, in February and, and there's no agreement in place for the women's comp, you know, no draw, no contracts, no players have been signed. Uh, you know, and we talk about the women's game being one of the real growth areas and one of the areas we want to mm. invest in. But no one's able to do it at the moment because there's no certainty around it. So there's nothing in place in so far as the women's game is concerned. Yeah, we, we were talking to a couple of players last week in the women's competition, Reedy, and they can't even train because they don't have insurance. They're too scared to <laughs> go to training because they don't want to get hurt because they're not covered. So 
Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. It's ridiculous. All right, mate. Listen, thanks for that. I know you're, you're crazy, probably, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous, Reedy. I was just about to cook my butter chicken, but I thought I'd put the butter chicken aside and I'd, I'd take your call, relax. Thank Great you, work. mate. And I can't so wait till the, the season. Can't wait. To, um, can't wait for the season to kick off again and a run into in the media area. You're always hovering around the food table. I know that. Oh, no. Really? Please. Come on. I'm only on the, I'm on the salad, so the Salads and the fruit, you know that. And butter chicken. Yeah. <laughs> this, body's not, this body's not natural, Sam. You've got to work at it. Reedy, you're getting prepared for the first test, are you, by getting into some nice Indian food tonight? Exactly. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Go down and sympathy for all our lads over in India. Right, Brent Reed, <laughs> senior sports <laughs> writer at the Australian. Or whatever they get. <laughs> You'll be all right, mate. Uh, senior yeah. sports writer yeah, at the right. Australian. Mate, thanks for joining us tonight on Sports Day. Appreciate Good it. Good man, Reedy. All right, man. It's great stuff. See you, mate. Bye-bye. There you go. Yeah. Check it. Make sure you check out that story online as well that he wrote, the Savo with David Riccio, who's another fantastic you know, he, journalist. He hit the nail right on the head there, Woogie, when you, strike action is always the last option. And the playing group has always said that. We don't want to strike, but if we have to upset the uppercut somehow, and it's by delaying games that are telecast, which, of course, wreaks havoc with with the timetable, Um but Radius, they're like they're in a no-win battle, mm. the playing group, because if they do strike and they do postpone, fans will just turn their back. Delaying will not get the fans offside, but I tell you what, it'll start getting the broadcasters offside because they've got tight schedules. Yes, and then they'll be going to the NRL and go get a deal done. And I'm surprised the broadcasters haven't given. They don't even have a draw yet for the women's game. How do they put that into their scheduling? Like I, I, I just. I suppose the NRL are probably thinking we've got time on our side. They don't. Because with the women's game, I'm saying, I'm I'm not making excuses. Well, they don't because no one's contracted. No, well, one no one's contracted. They haven't started training yet and their games start towards the back end of the NRL season. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking the NRL have prioritised many things. One of those is salary cap, first and foremost, which the RLPA, they both tend to believe it's where they're all going to finish up at anyway. But didn't consult them. Just put it out just before Christmas. Didn't consult them. But again, through conversations, both parties seem to have agreed on one thing, that that's the right number. Because they're going to earn more and, money. Like and the argument saying. is not about money. It's, not, it's about it's not. conditions and it's policies. It's about conditions. It's about retired players. Yeah, yeah. It's about um, yeah, financial hardship, Pregnancy whatever it may be. policies yeah. for the women. Oh, look, I just think it's appalling. Absolutely appalling. And the men, the men will be fine because they're full time. But we look at the women, though. Sats, they're part time. They've got families to look after. Yeah, but they don't need it. They don't need to be full time at the moment with the women's. No, life. no, I'm not saying. I'm not, yeah. I'm not pushing for that. But they've got to arrange their lives. Yeah, absolutely. For the, for the women's competition. Well, the insurance is the is the, the biggest bugbear and the, at the pregnancy moment. policy. Hmm. This is off the bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL. It's time to do our 2023 season preview. Newcastle Knights, 14th last year on the ladder. Disappointing, yeah. Sats, uh, 14 points is all they got for the year. Uh, Six wins and 18 losses, and their points differential was minus 290. Is there pressure on Adam O'Brien and this team this yeah, year? Yeah, absolutely there is. There's pressure on any coach that finishes, I think, from about probably 10th, 10 down. And Adam O'Brien knows that. We're, we're not speaking out of school here. We're not trying to be critical of him. But he knows that there's a lot of pressure on he and his his coaching staff. They need to get results really early. I think 
they've made some really astute off-season signings. Now, we've got a lot of the, the, the Knights fans here saying um, Rabbit, tomorrow, tomorrow, uh, Rabbit Borough tomorrow says Knights are damsels in distress, 14th at best. Um, Knights will be in the eight, Toronto Rod says, until Origin, then Ponga will be injured and we'll lose a lot of games. And we'll be 12th on the ladder. So there's not a lot thinking that they'll make the finals. I don't think they'll make the finals. But if they can keep their core group on the field, I think they'll upset a lot of sides. Now, I said they made some astute signings, and I think they really have. Adam Elliott, I'm a huge fan of. Huge fan of him as a player, as a loose forward. A bit of a player that can yep. just scoot around the field. Doesn't He's not really assigned to one real position on the field, which I like with players like him. Tyson Gamble, who whenever... They, Funnily enough, I know he rubs people up the wrong way sometimes, Tyson, with the way that he uh, he goes into confrontation with opposition players, tries to take players off their game. He's always got that smile on his face. You feel like you just want to slap him. But whenever the Broncos won, Tyson Gamble was playing in the halves. Yeah, as long as he's learned to keep his mouth shut too about his coach. Yeah, true. Well, well it's the current, again, we've got to get used to these current what the current athlete is like now in a lot of sports. Um, they'll use... They'll use podcasts and they'll use social media to get their point across. Mm. Jack Hetherington from the Bulldogs, former Penrith player, he is a very good player. If he can stay on the field, still play aggressive, but controlled aggression, he will be a really good sign How for the How good Knights. was his old man, mate? Oh, Brett Hetherington, <laughs> what a tough man. Greg Marju, very Brian Toto-like, and I'm surprised the Gold Coast Titans I don't get let it. him go. Biggest thighs in the NRL. Well, he, he gets – he's like Toto. He gets – and Matty Utah used to it at the Bulldogs in his day. He gets the sets of sets, sets of six rolling early on in the tackle. And a count. good finisher as well. Lockie Miller, of course, signed yep. from the Cronulla Sharks. Now, untried over a over week in, week out NRL, but what he showed in those first few games that he played for the Sharks says that they've got actually a really good player. The good thing about him is He's got blinding speed. Mate, he, he did. no he substitute for it. Could saw tries coming off the bench. I think he scored like four tries mm. in six games. So, yeah. So, if, if you're looking at Jackson Hastings as a seven and Kalen as a six and then Lockie Miller as, as a one, um, you've got Adam Elliott, you've got Jack Hetherington. Uh, on top of that, you've got the likes of Tyson Vizell, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, um, really handy players in the forwards. Uh, Dominic Young had a really good really good season on the wing, the, the Pommy. Uh, will they make the finals? Well, they'll be in the mix with everyone else to try and make that seventh or eighth position, but like one of our listeners earlier on, just um, just depth may be a problem for them. Jeez, they're not upbeat, the the night supporters. Well, are they? I mean, they haven't had a they haven't had a great few years. We know that. Oh, they, they made the finals a couple of years ago, I should say. So we know they've got the team to make it. David Clemmer is a big loss from a leadership point of view, and he's got an offload, and he's a big unit. Um, but I've got to say, Jack Hetherington being a younger player. More agile, a lot more speed as well. I think he could be a, a real key signing. So they miss out on the eight. Um, but I think they'll be a lot better than what they were last year. Time for a racing update for Racing Queensland. Queensland is your place to race this year. Uh, certainly is, Satsy. And time to catch up with our Queensland racing expert, Chris Nelson. Uh, had a pretty good Wednesday, didn't you, Nelson, at Eagle Farm? Yeah, we had a good Wednesday. Quite a few uh, winners there. It looked a good day, Jace. Uh, good, good uh, afternoon to you and Sats. And yeah, a, uh, a good day's uh, punting day, and it pretty much turned out that way. A couple of roughies got home, but that's always uh, always a chance, isn't it, in the midweekers? Absolutely. Now on 
on the weekend, I believe some Queensland horses are venturing to Victoria. How do we like their chances? Yes. You've been doing your homework there, Sats. Well, I, I think have. one of them. I think one of them's got a really, really good chance. And uh, the punters will certainly know uh, this one. That's Uncommon James, who goes around in race six at the hillside track, which is commonly known as Sandown uh, in Melbourne. Uncommon James we haven't seen since uh, he was so good winning in Melbourne in the spring. He just had that little injury concern after that. They put him away. The injury cleared up really quickly, but they gave him a good rest. So uh, he'll race in that race uh, on Saturday at Sandown, and he will also then head towards the Oakley Plate, which, of course, is a big sprint in Melbourne, part of the uh, triple crown of sprinting in the autumn. That's his next start. So hopefully all goes well Saturday, then off to the Oakley Plate he goes. I think he'll be winning, guys. Um, oh, oh, one more. Sorry. Yep. Sorry, sorry, Jace. We've got a two-year-old going around in one of their Blue Diamond Preludes too. Party for Two, trained by Damien Batters. And Nikita Berryman, who's riding really well, uh, takes the ride there. Won its last couple in very good style. Has to measure up to those Melbourne youngsters. Hey, how's uh, shooting for goal going down south? Still down there? Yeah, still down there with uh, Scalapini. Of course, they are stable, stable mates to Uncommon James. I think next week we'll see those two go around. So look out for uh, shooting for goal, Jace. I'll let you know. Don't you worry. All what, right, mate. What's happening this Saturday in Queensland? In Queensland, Sats, we got racing at uh, Doombin. We race on the Poly Track at Aquas Park. We race at Toowoomba in the Twilight Zone, and we've got a, a uh, Northern Queensland meeting at Townsville. And then we're back to the Sunshine Coast on uh, on Sunday. But a really good uh, good couple of days of racing coming up. Hey, you got to. I suggest I, I was on the Sunshine Coast what a couple of weeks ago, and I mm-hmm. forgot that you guys have Prawn Star there. Have you have you been down? Have you ventured down to Malula Bar? Wharf yet, uh, Nelson. What's it called? Prawn Star. Prawn Star. So it's a, a boat, fishing boat, okay. and they just sell fresh seafood, including the most incredible prawns. Are they all nude, the workers? No. No, but it started out in Cairns, this, this okay. joint. They've got um, funky music playing too. Yeah, yeah. They, do, they do a bit of Barry White. <laughs> yeah. All right. Is Dirk Diggler one of the trawler <laughs> <I'm trying>. fishermen? <laughs> that's, that's one of the types of prawn. Yeah. So... <laughs> All right. Look at you two oh, loving dear. your work. Good on you, boys. You're getting better. Uh, <laughs> tips for this weekend. He just gave All righty. Uh, we will... oh, no, no, no. Oh, they were the horse. I do think Uncommon James will win, so there's a tip. But uh, Doombin, race three, number three, Merry Me for Chris Waller and Jimmy Orman, I think will be winning. That's race three, number three. And race eight, number nine, Big Goodbye, I think can win also. Those uh, two horses look the best bets. On the day for me, race eight, number nine, race three, number three. All right, get yourself to Prawn Star, mate. Make sure you uh, grow a nice, nice big mo. <laughs> little mo. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> no, not a little one, big one. Yeah. All right. Go down there Actually, with like got, a um, We've got someone in the Brisbane office who can teach me how to grow one of those. He's got a good one going. Who? In here. Uh, no. Cohen. Oh, Cohen. Cohen. That's yeah, taken him eight one. years to grow that moustache. <laughs> What about the lady in accounts? Oh, well, she get her to teach you. <laughs> <laughs> Queensland is racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Bye now, so. See you guys. This is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon.